The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And today we got Ryan C. Thomas with us. What's up, Ryan? Not much, man. How you doing? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> <laughs> so the, he is the author of the Roger Huntington saga, along many, many others, such as Bug Boy. And uh, your new novella is way different than anything I've uh, read from you. You're The Sin of Hope. Oh, the dog book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> AKA, AKA the dog book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I, um, I, that was after uh, I wrote The Summer I Died, and I wanted to get away from writing gore for a while. So I wrote that little dog novella. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Th- Thunderstorm published it years ago, and then I finally figured I should put it out for the masses, as I tend to do years late. <laughs> well, I, I'm evidently years late on it. I'm like, his brand new novella. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well it, it is brand new because it, it was only published in hardback. And with, uh, it, what, two two months ago, it's now out in paperback and ebook. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. And it, it's on KU, right, as well? So for the Kindle Unlimited audio? I uh, don't know. <laughs> okay. It's it's available on Kindle. I don't know if it's on the KU. I'd uh, have to check. All right. Well, I I assumed that it was um, because uh, 99% of everything I get is Kindle Unlimited, but there's a chance maybe I, I just bought it. I don't know. But anyway... There's that hard hitting professionalism. Yeah, but there's uh, <laughs> accidental support, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that's what that's what comes with us being a little more comfortable around you. This is your third time to guest yeah. on the show, and now yeah, it's like, I'm going. I'm I'm going for the five timers club. Yeah, you're you're our Alec Baldwin. You know how he's on <laughs> on SNL a bunch. Um, uh so yeah i guess um what's new as far as news goes anyone got anything um <laughs> all right okay <laughs> Go so ahead. oh well i guess uh since we kind of talked about it already we can talk uh unrated version of evil dead coming out yeah hyphen <laughs> that's it <laughs> nice <laughs> no it's it's only like five extra minutes though oh really it's yeah. just five minutes of her with a box cutter to her tongue. Uh, no, <laughs> that's actually one of the scenes that's extended. Oh, really? Yeah. That and whenever she cuts off her arm or her hand. Really? Yeah, but then it said also that there's uh, there's actual plot that's extended as well. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I mean, what could... I mean, I don't know. To me, it kind of is frustrating because if it's worth it, if it changes anything, hell yeah, I'm down. 
But the original Evil Dead was kind of the king of Anchor Bay just re-releasing it a million times. Like, <laughs> this is the Necronomicon edition. It's like the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, I don't know. It feels a little too close to a double dip to me, it, but maybe it's not. Who knows? It's just funny because, like, the director was talking about it um, on you know, about something he was mentioning it, right? Oh, uh, on Shockwave's podcast. And he said uh, that the extended version is just the longer version of the movie that we had at the beginning that I didn't think was the best version of the film. So <laughs> high praise, <laughs> I guess. This is like going against his wishes. <laughs> um, I, I guess. Well, I mean, it, it apparently was leaked on accident. And then it's also... Uh, the version that the UK was playing like on TV. Huh. And they weren't uh, supposed to be. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Okay, yeah. I did remember seeing that. That's bizarre. Yep. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you remember the, the TV version of Billy Madison. <laughs> it's kind of a deep cut for a horror podcast. <laughs> but the TV version is so bizarre. You know, remember you remember the part whenever the, the nanny's like, you could stay here and help me shave my armpits. And he's like, oh, God, I'm going to go to school. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, there, there yeah, was like an extended like, scene. He's like, or, or we can play kickball. And like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Like, because <laughs> it's nothing like, I don't know. Growing up, I was I was really into that. One particular bit, uh, Adam Sandler movie, but uh, but yeah, it blew my mind whenever I happened to see it on TV and was like, uh, so it, basically, if there's a kickball scene in the new Evil Dead, I'm down. I that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, I watch Yoga Hosers. How was that? Ooh, <laughs> um, I hear very that. mixed things. I- I've heard nothing but bad things, honestly, about it. And well, the the mixture came from you. <laughs> no, have I talked to you about it? You kinda. Well, I think uh, you said like like two minutes, maybe. Uh, okay. Well, I was I was drinking that night, so that probably helped, and thus <laughs> why I might not have remembered texting about yoga hosers. But um, I, I'd say if you're drinking, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it was Did you drink through tusk <laughs> no 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 <laughs> but uh, we saw that in the theater <laughs> I, and you know both of us liked Tusk. did did you or no i was on board up for the first uh probably two-thirds of the film uh-huh and then and then well really you know I I liked a lot of it, and then towards the end, I was like, "This is getting ridiculous." And then the ending for me, uh, I just couldn't I just couldn't hang with it. It just was too uh, implausible. Which is a it's, uh, considering what the movie is, it's a kind of a dumb judgment of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude, the ending but... really bummed my dad out. <laughs> he was like, "That sucks that he just lives in this animal park." And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was it was a depressing ending maybe that's why i also maybe that's why i didn't like it it was a bummer of an ending you know and i i don't know yeah no i i mean it, it is what it is um this is not even though even though it's like in the same true north trilogy or whatever um this is nothing like tusk in, in tone or anything i mean it 
<laughs> I'm not going to say <laughs> that it's good because it's not, but it knows it's bad. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. one of those po- things where it's not like he was aiming to be like Sharknado where, you know, or the Sharknado sequels where they were like, we're making a bad movie. Wink, wink. Like this right. one seems to be like from the heart, but at the same time, I feel like they may have known that they were going the wrong direction. Um, (laughs) The characters, what makes it so weird and hard to judge anything about it. The characters were, were look like they're just having just tons of fun. Uh, His his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. um, They, they were really good characters and, but the film wasn't good, but it's still worth watching. I, I don't know how to put it any other way. It's weird as shit, too. Like, just weird. But I, I would say... This is the one with... Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was, this is the one with, like, the giant sausage uh, Mounties, correct? Uh, or, or well, no, they're... It, it, or, like, Nazis? Kind, or, yeah, they're Bratzies. That's, that's Bratzies. what it is. Okay. Yeah, um, they're, like, Hitler clone sausage people. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh... Um, it's bizarre. It's totally well, bizarre. I like meat, so I will watch it for that. <laughs> well, the the downside of it is that it's probably a 80, 90 minute movie and it takes about an hour to for anything to happen. And there's this weird convoluted satanic subplot that where the, the satanists were going around town like chopping people into bits, but it never, to me at least, and now this might have been the uh, the uh, oatmeal stouts talking, but um, it never really uh, made sense who the Nazis were killing and who the satanic people were killing, nor did it really matter, because at the end of the movie, eh, whatever. It, 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 I don't know. It was, it was worth watching, but it was just weird as shit. Um, it reminded me of Teen Witch. <laughs> the movie Teen Witch. <laughs> I mean, this it's a it's a PG thirteen movie meant for girls. You know, he made it basically mm-hmm. for his daughter, so it's not like not like most of Kevin Smith's output. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I, there's, there's not a lot of like anal rape jokes going on. <laughs> there actually are. I can't believe they got it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no actual anal rape jokes, but I can't believe they got a PG 13 on some of the shit going on in it. So, anyway, that was my long diatribe about yoga hoses. But are you still excited for Moose Jaws? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I, I'm sure I'll end up buying the damn True North box set or something. You know? Probably. <laughs> but. Anyway, well, Moose, Moose Jaws is the third in this in the trilogy. Then, yeah, yes. Okay, I thought you said Miss Jaws, like another <laughs> like Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, with Jaws' wife. I was like, I did not hear about it's this. Just a, sh- a shark with a bow on its fin. Is that what we're talking <laughs> yeah. here? Yeah. Yes. And just, they just—it's the same exact movie. They just CG the bow. <laughs> I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, yeah, it, it's it's. Kind of like that. It's Jaws with a moose. Moose Jaws. Yeah. Um, I'm down, then. I love that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like I said, I like meat, so you can eat a moose. (laughs) Yeah, people eat moose. (laughs) 
Anything I, else? <laughs> no, nah, let's just talk about <laughs> eating moose. <laughs> it's like, what kind of animals do you like to eat? <laughs> Ask the hard-hitting <laughs> questions here. No, the, on, the only last thing that I ha- have to say uh, as far as my news this week, um, if you haven't checked it out, especially if you're on Kindle Unlimited, check out Sick Bastards, the comic book adaptation from Matt Shaw. Mm-hmm. It's his first foray into that. comic books, and it's f- phenomenal. Like, <laughs> like I had bought the book a long time ago and never read it, and it sat on my Kindle for years, and now I'm really happy I never read it because now that it's in comic book form, I don't want to know where this is going, and it's it's really really good. Like, it's you can't tell at all because this was kind of a Kickstarter type labor of love project for him and and uh I, I wish i knew the guy doing the art but the art is phenomenal it's reminiscent of like ec comics it's super grainy mm-hmm. and um very yeah, I, very. Saw, I saw some of the preview pages whenever he was putting it up a while back yeah i yeah, mean he threw, he threw some up on facebook and they look really cool yeah it is so good i mean i knew i, I think that that's one of his most popular books if not his his most popular, but, uh, you know, it, because I hadn't read it, I didn't know what to expect. And it's this bizarre zombie tale with like <laughs> incesty stuff going on. And <laughs> one thing that I really like, uh, all the characters, like they have amnesia. And so they wake up and just see that they have like these family, uh, these photo albums or just pictures of them as a family. So, because they don't know their names, in case they remembered them later, they didn't rename themselves. They're just like mother, father, brother, sister, and that's their name. So it's really easy to keep track of. I realize that's a that's a uh, uh, that's exactly how I yell at my son. Though I'm like, "You kid, boy, get out!" I only know you from this picture. Like every time, <laughs> I, I am routinely, I am constantly calling my son by my dog's name because that's I'm just. Uh, I'm losing my mind. Well, you know, you've got kids, so it's just, you, you lose your mind. You're like, what, what is your name? Daisy, you're a boy. It doesn't matter. Get. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, for a while, I mean, she just turned one, but like for a while, I was literally just uh, like, come here, girl. <laughs> like, like, then, I've done that. I've then, done that. I've done the like snapping at my son. You get, which I do to the dogs all the time. Yeah, so. Yeah, after about month three, it basically, whenever she possibly might have been forming memories, I'd already gotten over it, so that's good. As long as no one brings it up, <laughs> she'll never know. I, I'm just hoping someday I learn the kid's name. So. <laughs> I'll get but, there. I think it's only been two years. <laughs> uh, Dominic Raucho, that's the artist. Oh, really? Yeah, I looked it up. It well, I mean, I will say that you know, you you know my feeling about comics. I I like them. I'm not a huge. I don't like superhero stuff, so that cuts me out of ninety percent of comics. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I love old EC comics. This yeah. is, I mean, this is exactly up my alley. So I might be a little biased because it's like, oh, okay, this is one of the ones that totally fits in. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, 
But, I mean, there's nothing... You can't tell that this isn't like a, you know, a big comic studio putting this out. So, uh, there's nothing at all that really needs tighter editing. I can't think of anything. Like, it's, it's amazing. So, for what that's worth, check it out. I think it's two ninety nine on Kindle, uh, I, and I don't know if, if yeah, two ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, and if you're on Ku, you know, check it out. It's free. So, but uh, before that, one last thing, and I know it's affecting all of us. Before we get into our goosebumps, y'all see any clowns? <laughs> <laughs> um. Not me personally, but like my uh, front desk manager's uh, sister's school was shut down because of like clown related activity. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. they called in and said like, oh, we're going to be here at this time and we're going to do this and yada, yada, yada. But so so they weren't mimes. No, (laughs) I'm I'm retarded. Uh, So, um. Yeah, yeah. It was it was basically treated as a bomb threat. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. don't know. I don't yeah. know if they actually showed up though. Uh, I will say, you know how I get up really early to go to work. Like, mm-hmm. uh, um, so sometimes I get up at like three thirty, and at, if I'm up that early, every once in a while I'll run around the neighborhood, like run. No, no, no. I go for a jog around the neighborhood. And I I got to thinking about it the other day. Like I woke up early and I was like, oh wait, all those damn clown things are on the news. And if I saw just a straight up clown hanging out at that early in the morning while I'm running around the neighborhood, I would I'd straight up die. Like there's no two ways about it. Like I will have a coronary right there. So, anyway, these clowns have got to go. They're they're detrimental to my health. There, there was some, like, I don't remember what state it was in, but there was uh, two of them that were, like, married or whatever. Yeah, like, I sent and they you went the link. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they went clowning and uh, left their baby at home. And then, like, CPS came and got them and stuff. And they went to jail. Yeah, well, that's the best thing for that kid, you know? Yeah. He doesn't need to be raised by clowns. <laughs> I actually had a friend in college who went to clown school. Really? Uh, I've not talked to him in a very, very long time. It was actually more of a friend of a friend. But uh, did, yeah, did, they, did they go be a clown? I think they did. I'm not really sure. I know that guy went to supposedly went to clown school. I also, my other college roommate was like a juggler. And would go around campus balance, balancing bikes on his face. And uh, I don't know if okay. he ever went to class. But, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of surrounded by clowns at an early age, I guess. That's bizarre. Because I was going to say, like, if you know a guy who went to clown college, but, like, he dropped out and didn't become a clown. <laughs> <laughs> he's like I mean, a quote-unquote failure, but he's like the CEO of some... Yeah. <laughs> kick-ass company like, dropped out of clown school <laughs> never realized my dream uh i i actually career tested like the official career <laughs> tests uh i career tested to be a mime yeah <laughs> i think it was my teacher's way of just telling me to shut up but like seriously like I, I, everyone was like doctor lawyer and i was like a, a mime 
Are you kidding me? <laughs> like my career or you know, my future's totally screwed at that point. But um but yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll get into goosebumps. <laughs> uh so what do we do what? I was gonna ask, do we wanna do show first? Probably show first, right? Yeah. Or what? Yeah. Okay. I would say so. All right. We'll be right back with goosebumps. It came from underneath the kitchen sink or something like that. We'll be back. <laughs> You're in a zombie apocalypse. You have one weapon and it's not a gun. What is it? Like a scythe, a car. Grenades. Like a flare gun, maybe. Piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball bat. Hands down. Machete. It's obviously a Lobo. <sighs> uh, loppers. Slingshot. <gasps> yeah. Like a ground-mounted slingshot that shoots bricks. Catch the seven deadly questions on The Basement on a Hill. Hear all new episodes every Tuesday. The Basement on a Hill. Horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies. And we're back with the Goosebump episode. It came from beneath the kitchen sink, starring Ginger from Ginger Snaps. <laughs> Just Ginger. And, no. <laughs> yeah, and, and Catherine Isabel. I wrote her name down. And uh, some Major Samantha Carter from Stargate SG-1 as the mom. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I totally missed that. Yeah. Amanda Tapping is her name. Stargate. So, so... Oh. um. Huh? No, I was trying to trying to place which one Stargate was. The one with the Egyptian stuff. Yeah. That wasn't the one where the movie had Jonathan Brandis in it, was it? No, that was Sequest. What and was that a movie? No, it, no, Kurt it was Russell a TV show. was in uh Yeah, yeah Kurt Russell was there we go. the one. And then uh and what's his face? Um Oh god. Richard Dean Anderson took over on the TV yeah. show, I remember. But I'm trying to remember, guys, he was in later seasons of The Office. Um, uh, Robert California. God, what the oh, guy's name? Oh, James Spader? James Spader was in the movie, too. Oh, anyway. that's right, he was. When yeah. he had uh, the early James Spader before yeah. he switched into whatever he is now. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't decide if he got cooler or less cool now. I don't know, but I remember, <laughs> like, I, I read some... In, I guess an interview with James Spader uh-huh. and he was talking about how he took uh, the Stargate role purely from the money because he thought the, the whole story and movie was shit. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I would like to say right off the bat that when I found out you were going to be joining us for this episode of Goosebumps uh, or Spooky Month, I picked the worst plot synopsis I could find off of the list of Goosebumps <laughs> episodes. <laughs> so um, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's just basically a uh, girl moves into a new new uh, a new city or a new house and finds an evil sponge under her sink. Yeah. That's the plot. <laughs> that, that's it. Yep. <laughs> and, and then it, just doesn't get rid of it. Just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You've yeah. got a bike, just ride to the next town and leave. Oh it. no, that sponge sabotaged <laughs> her bike. Yeah. Okay. I, that's right. It did. The the thing that blew my mind um 
was the fact that it didn't like ever try to kill anyone in spongy ways at all like like, like absorbing all the liquid from their bodies i don't know it could have uh, crawled in their ass and expanded or something i, I don't know but like <laughs> what do you do with your sponges <laughs> <laughs> if that's a spongy way to do something well, i don't know i mean anything it could have absorbed acid and then wrung itself out on them I, I mean literally anything but like it did none of that. It like disconnected the brakes on her bike, you know. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, that, that sponge cut her brake lines, right? Yeah, that happened. Yes. Okay, either that. But or... after she'd been after she'd been riding for a while too, like how did she get that far and not realize her brakes were cut? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, either that or maybe the parents like they were just like new town, no kid. I'm like, <laughs> And why don't you try your bike out on that uh, <laughs> that ridge? Oh, good. <laughs> but yeah, like so they determined that this sponge, okay, because like all RL stunt. Uh, well, okay, I mean, pretty much we've said at the entire plot, right? Yeah, that's the, the plot. <laughs> they like all RL Stein things. They uh, meet a new neighbor, you know. And befriend. I, I don't know. I don't know if he was a new neighbor. I think uh, he, he was. was an, he was an old was an neighbor. Old friend. I think they just moved like two blocks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, never mind. Because he came up and he said he was. It took him like eight minutes to get there in like forty-seven seconds oh, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Was that kid like high, like a high-functioning autistic person? He had. A, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was timing it on his watch. <laughs> he he, he he came up and clicked the stopwatch. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. He seemed like he didn't know anything that was gonna happen. That like anything weird was gonna happen. But he had that encyclopedia of the weird on him, and he was timing you, shit. You don't have books like that. Not on my person. <laughs> okay, you don't know how much time has passed in between those shots. That is like, true. There, there yeah, was I the day where her dog was got a couple days. Yeah. He could have gone to the library, to the local occult <laughs> library, and got something. Yeah, well, th- I mean, that's as plausible as anything else that happens. <laughs> as, in yeah. this. I-, I like, though, that... All right, so they determine that it's a gruel. Yeah. And that's like a creature that causes and feeds off of bad luck. But mm-hmm. I like that he's like, just be happy it's not a lynx. A vampire potato, you know? Yeah. And I was like, why aren't we watching that immediately? So, well, he has to set up a sequel. That's what I was going to ask. Is there one about a vampire potato? Because I meant to I Google know. that. I didn't, didn't look it up. If it did, that's what episode we're watching next time. <laughs> but, on, but on the topic of teeth, don't forget that this friggin' sponge had teeth and it didn't use the sharp teeth either. Yeah. So why? If it's just... If its power is bad luck, why does it have a face and a mouth with sharp teeth and it growls? Yeah. And three glowing eyes. Yeah. Okay. That kind (laughs) of blew my mind as well. All right. So she. Here, kitty, kitty. Yes. (laughs) Exactly where I was going. She sees it. She sees its glowing eyes and she's like, it's a cat. Like, what is wrong? Like, is there a gas leak in this neighborhood? What is going on with these people? But in the eighties, I think all or was it the nineties, all cats had bright red glowing eyes and lived under kitchen sinks. So Un- under the biggest good. kitchen sink ever. Uh, she cl- <laughs> she climbed into it lengthways. 
Right? Like like the size of my apartment in New York City when I live. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) Anyway, so, so... I don't even know where to go with this. Okay, so, so they decide to bury it in in their yard, and <laughs> this is one of Alive. my favorites. Let's yeah, not forget they did. The kids made the choice to murder this creature. They they buried yeah. it alive in the yard, and she goes, "Get and say good night, Spongy." Why? <laughs> this is a written no. line. <laughs> my favorite part was also in that, or my favorite line was also in that scene where the the kid, their neighbor friend, um, was trying to get her to not kill it because science needs to, you know, analyze it and see what's going on. And then it like growled at them and stuff. And then he was like, "Forget science!" And then they killed it. Or <laughs> <laughs> tried to science her. murder. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Bury it alive and throw the dog in while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, it's so, a little too happy to murder these living creatures. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah is, is this just like the origin stories of like psychopathic children? Is that what we're we're watching here? Possibly. I, okay, so the next day, the all the vegetation in her yard is dead, right? Yeah, and the dog goes missing. Dog had gone missing already. Oh. Dog went missing before it cut her brakes. Uh, okay, yeah, that's why she was <laughs> out on her bike. Yeah, this, in the middle of the woods. This movie to or this show to me was set up like Memento. I just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Things we're, we're missing the part. Don't don't forget the part. We're we're missing the uh, sponge hates dinnerware and glassware. Oh yeah. Wait wait wait. I must not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Why did the why did it break the mom's china? I don't remember that at all. The mom's drinking glass. Like it hates dishes. Well, maybe it's been actually used as a sponge its whole life, and it uh-huh. had to be like, you know, it was used as uh, like to clean dishes. See, no, I would consider that good writing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll write a short story from the sponge's point of view. Or just put out like a, a, a uh, heavily edited version of this exact story. Yeah. Just red pin the shit out of it and put it back out. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so funny! <laughs> all right, so where are we at? Um, oh yeah, yeah, all the vegetation's dead. Okay, right? Yeah, and the sponge is out. I, I don't remember what happened between that and them getting to the school. Well, they they're going to the school to okay. give it to. The, uh, teacher. the teacher, and this is where they find out it's a gruel. Okay, I got because he one, mentioned. Okay, go ahead. One quick thing. All right, so they're gonna go give it to the teacher to study it for science, right? Yeah. Yeah. This kind of goes back into the Bill Nye type shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I get that science teachers know about science, but I mean, they what, are usually educated. Yes. Yes. But I mean, wouldn't you want to give it to someone <laughs> in like a lab or or even like a college professor okay. or something, something where they could do some real studying, not just like mix baking soda and and hype. these are ten year old kids, right? <laughs> well, I'm telling you that they don't know any scientists, <laughs> obviously. But I mean, I don't know. I, if they were fine with murdering it uh, five minutes before, 
<laughs> then at least make it pay off. You you see what I'm saying? Like it's just like, what's your teacher gonna say? Like that's a weird sponge. Which is exactly what she said. Well, actually, she said that's a normal sponge. That's exactly. What yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost thought she was gonna give the Latin scientific name for sponge for a second. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's not but, a dig on science teachers anywhere. It anything. sounded like it. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like you know, they don't. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Why, why not take it to an like an animal specialist or someone who works at the zoo? Even exactly, a vet would even work. <laughs> not, not even work. I mean, shit. They go to. They do a lot of schooling. God, I'm so condescending when it comes to any of science. Evidently, I don't know. Oh my god! They should have taken it to a stripper. <laughs> but yeah. So. But, so this is where they find out it's a gruel because he had written, brought the book, and they found out that like it's a bad luck thing, and if it give, if you give it to someone else, you die. Right. Oh yeah. And yeah. so she didn't want the teacher to die. So that's where they went and like broke back into the school. Yeah. Right. And we meet the best janitor of all time. I he... looked him up on IMDb. He's been in so many things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mandy Patinkin or something. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So he's walking around singing "You're My Sunshine." Yeah. Like, but she needs to be prompted for with his headphones <laughs> yeah exactly like you know yeah listen to this you might forget the lyrics yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> listen listen to it over and over what the, hold on all right yeah go ahead sorry i thought something fell apart over here but nope. um but yeah oh. I, I mean it, it's totally totally just a bizarre type janitor am, am i right am i the only one that felt that he was just no. He see he see. I was watching with my wife, and she was she was going. Is is he supposed to be? Oh, I don't understand. Like like was this sort of a courtesy job they gave him just to get him out of the group home deal? So <laughs> yeah, is he getting paid or is he just happy to be out of his uh, his cage? You know, like he was that type of. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, uh, you guys are a lot harder on this janitor than I was. <laughs> Brian was like, "There goes a man with talent." <laughs> I just was like, he seems to be enjoying his job, <laughs> taking pride in his work. <laughs> Jeez, guys. <laughs> well, all right. So while we're on that, so the janitor, the lights go out, and the janitor goes to the fuse box. Which is in the same room, by the way. That's yeah. convenient. Same room. <laughs> Very convenient. And, you know, uh, because he's not the best janitor, he hits his <laughs> head and passes out. So that means if the kids weren't there, like, to save this guy or, or whatever, you know, maybe that's a normal occurrence. That this guy just hits his head on shit and passes out. See, I, which I thought the sense. sponge made him do it. Yeah, I think the sponge made him do it. And I have a question with using that sponge to clean the science lab, or did he have a different sponge? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Let's let's back up. How'd the sponge make him hit his head? Because it's telepathic or telekinetic. Remember, it broke that beaker, too. Oh, okay, okay. I just thought he was an idiot. Oh, and also, <laughs> well, also, was, also maybe just the air of bad luck it projects. Did this story make more sense than we thought it did? I don't know. I will put it this way. <laughs> 
I watched it twice and I'm still in the dark. <laughs> like, like I was like, that can't be it. No, right? I think I do think I do think the sponge had had some sort of power, like Brian said, some sort of telekinetic uh, power to manipulate whatever um, materials around it. it. It could influence things, and so it, yeah. it influenced him to hit his head. I don't exactly remember what shot conveyed that. Just kind of like a quick zoom in on the sponge with its glowing eyes, and then the janitor <laughs> hit his head. So you were supposed to kind of that the sponge made the janitor hit his head. Uh, but you know we'd already seen janitor his about, so I don't know. He might have just hit his head anyway. You know, <laughs> if that sponge wasn't there, that janitor might have killed himself. So it's probably a good thing he hit his head. Because who knows what he would have touched in that lab. So you're saying this the sponge showed mercy on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like this guy's seen enough bad luck. I'm just gonna give him a solid. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so uh, <laughs> what happens after that? All right, so I don't know. there's some acid. Yeah, yeah acid. acid and singing, man. It was like Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> like sponge. <laughs> yeah. The, so what happens with the acid? It gets knocked off a shelf. Well, she. So the kids arrive <laughs> to save <laughs> the to get the sponge because they know it's going to kill Catherine Isabel. So they got to go get the sponge. They discover the janitor in the lab and she's trying to in the shelves to get the sponge, I believe. Yeah. And there was acid on the shelves. Yeah. Uh And she falls off the shelves. Yeah. Yeah. And so the sponge starts growing and yeah, the janitor's music, this happy "You're My Sunshine" music, starts... which which is funny because if you if you actually listen to that song like the whole way through, it's really sad. Like that song. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a poor choice, but yeah, but but the the kids have this great deduction that since it likes bad things, it must hate good things, mm-hmm. and that song is good because it's happy, is uh-huh. what they what? said. And so they use it to uh, make the um, sponge shrink. Right? Yeah. That's what happens? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. they decide to uh, kind of fuel their own fire by just shouting niceties I, at the sponge. I have those yeah. written down. Um, it said, <laughs> so what they, they personally saying to the sponge was, did I ever tell you what a, lo- like, what a y- wonderful sponge you are? So, so handsome, so terrific. I love your big, beautiful eyes, all of them. I love what you've done with your hair and that skin so damp, yellow, absorbent. When I grow up, I want to be a killer sponge just like you. Now, they weren't singing this to a tune or anything. It was just like, nope. I ever tell you what a wonderful sponge you are. And <laughs> it's so bad. But yeah, so that starts shrinking the sponge. Yeah. And then the janitor wakes up and sprays a fire extinguisher. (laughs) (laughs) What was that going to do? Yeah. Why? You're right, guys. You've convinced me there is something wrong with this guy. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) he sprays the sponge and it shrinks to nothing. And but he never was like, why are there kids in here? Why is this sponge growing? Nothing. He wakes up. Where did acid come from? Yeah, yeah. 
So he was just a special kind of idiot that <laughs> that sung happy songs and hits his head like while doing nothing. Because I, I, I'm not convinced yet that the was, sponge made him do it. <laughs> it was the Jack Burton of this episode. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, the next day, or the next thing that it cuts to, is the girl, she's stuck with the sponge. Even though it showed it close, or basically it showed it shrink all the way down to nothing. She's stuck with the sponge, and she just put headphones, like she puts headphones on it every day. And shrinks it. Right. Well, no, it no. Like no. The, hmm? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like the precursor to 41st Dates, or whatever that Adam Sandler movie is, <laughs> where every day now she has to wake up and make this sponge happy again <laughs> so that she doesn't die for the rest of her life. But wait, though. It's way better than that, okay? Because she keeps this sponge happy, and it gives her good luck. Did you notice that? The dog came back. Um, like some other thing happened, right? I don't remember, <laughs> but like good things uh, started happening. The neighbor got to the house in six minutes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I did I, notice I, the dog came back. Yeah. Like, um, I thought that was a great twist, but to the end, a to twist the to your twist was what happened when the dog. Yeah. Came I hated back. that part <laughs> I, to me. That was the best part in all of it. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So the dog comes back. He's not holding anything in its mouth, very clearly. <laughs> but, but apparently drops a potato that he had deep-throated. Uh, and, 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 and drops a, a vampire potato, the lengths that they had talked about earlier. Right. Um, and then she screams, and that's it. And then if you're me, you immediately rewind to try to make it make sense and doesn't. So I watched it. <laughs> no, it was. Oh, it was, oh, yeah. oh, oh. Did you catch the music that she was playing to the the sponge? No. It was the dog part of the Goosebumps theme song. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I did not catch that. So the verdict on this one was it one of the better, one of the worse? Um, I don't know. I think the more I think about it, I think it was uh, probably genius. <laughs> it's definitely highly enjoyable because, like what we were talking about earlier, when someone puts their heart and soul into something that just happens to turn out bad, that sort of makes it good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's there's sort of ambition behind it. <laughs> and Misguided, so, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So I highly enjoyed it for all of its uh terrible, terrible plot holes and awful acting and writing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I, I don't regret watching this. Um you know, I'm Twice. not I'm not a fan of uh, Spooky Month. <laughs> All the R.L. Stein stuff that we do every year, but um, but yeah, yeah, I I this was one of the better ones for what that that's worth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Weird. Check it out on Netflix. <laughs> I have literally nothing else about this. I think I think we I think we pretty much said what all we need to yeah. say. All right. Well, we don't even know what each other read for the next segment, do we? Uh what did you guys read? <coughs> Sorry. Hold on. <coughs> I read Deep Trouble 
by R.L. Stein. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I read Welcome to Dead House, which I think is the very first Goosebump book. Um, and Ryan, what'd you I read? I read Egg Monsters from Mars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Well, we will be back with our thoughts on all of those. Two versus three, nerds with beers and opinions. A podcast on the B&E Network, hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge, and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and... Episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and... <laughs> episodes available at the B&E Network... <laughs> <laughs> episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher... <laughs> <laughs> And Giggle Fits. <laughs> Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and bmoviesandebooks.com. And we're back with our Goosebumps triple feature review, right? Are you excited? <laughs> Me? I don't know who I'm asking. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go first. Um, mine is Goosebumps number 19. Uh, Deep Trouble, issued on May 1994. Okay. Uh So uh, here is the official synopsis, I guess. Uh, On vacation in the Caribbean island of Islandra, (laughs) 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 Billy Deep is rescued from the jaws of a hammerhead shark by a mermaid who is targeted by Billy's uncle, Dr. Deep. Wait, 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 hold on. His name is Deep? (laughs) Yes. That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, who's targeted by Billy's uncle, Dr. Deep, for scientific experiments about rare sea life. That um, is kind of not an accurate synopsis. I mean, it is, but Dr. Deep doesn't want to get the mermaid. Not really. There's this whole subplot about his... uh, his deep sea research vessel losing funding. (laughs) And so there's this zoo that offers him a million dollars to get this mermaid. And so he's only doing it because he needs to further his research. So he's not that bad of a guy. Okay. So, um, this, this starts off in the one of two different ways that all goosebumps start off either the kid moving to a new house Uh or, or going to stay with a relative. Right, because that is how they all start. <laughs> I think that uh, that R.L. Stein must have been like a transient youth. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, this is following the exploits of Billy and his little sister, uh, who go um, for the summer on their uncle's research vessel, which doesn't sound like something that like normal parents would let kids do. I don't know. Maybe, um, but it's with uh, their uncle, Dr. Deep, that they call Dr. D the whole entire time in the book. And it's really annoying, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's not even shortening <laughs> a syllable or anything like D and deep. It, yeah, there, there's no like it's no, not harder to say. N- no. And it goes on this long story about how even their dad calls him Dr. Deep or Dr. D. And it's like, it's just so weird. But anyway, so this starts off kind of like your typical goosebumps, right? Where there's a monster and nobody believes you, mm-hmm. right? Or believes the kid. Uh, Cause that seems to be a pretty running or uh, pretty standard running theme in goosebumps as well. Right. So 
the kid is swimming out into this lagoon that he's not supposed to be in because he really wants to be like a deep sea explorer. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Like at first I thought this, uh, this book was not going to be about a child because the first chapter is from his perspective, but as an adult, right. Not that he grows up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But it's like him talking about all the accomplishments he's done, like in the past in his deep sea diving. Right. And then you find out in the next chapter, no, he was just pretending he's actually a little kid. So it was weird. I thought it was going to be a goosebumps about an adult. And I was got really kind of excited because that's weird. Yeah. Right. And then, no, it turns out he's the standard uh, protagonist with the really annoying little sibling. So <laughs> what the hell is up with that? That was in mine well, too. He's he's got to write mine too. He's got to write things that are relatable, you know, to the kids who are reading it, right? So he's going out trying to find I don't know, sea monsters or some shit like that, right? And he goes off into this lagoon he's not supposed to, and something grabs his leg, and he thinks it's a sea monster, right? And then he goes out again, and sea monster gets him, but it turns out it was a dream, and all this junk, right? He goes back and forth to this lagoon like five or six times, and um, finally, like, there's this uh, other boat that comes up, and that's where you learn about the subplot of Dr. D losing his funding, Right. And so it's representatives from a zoo and they're like, we've heard about this mermaid. We want to pay you a million dollars to go get this mermaid. And then, you know, little Billy has been listening. And so he's like, well, I'm going to go find the mermaid. Right. And so he goes back out to the lagoon. He meets a mermaid. Right. (laughs) Um, But he does get saved from a hammerhead shark. That's a real thing. But not after he's bitten by it. The kid gets bitten by (laughs) it. Okay. Yeah, he totally went there. The the shark like bit him on his leg. It never really said how bad it was um cuz they didn't really do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. But he was straight up attacked by a shark. Um but the mermaid uh kicked the shark's ass, right? And uh sent it packing and then they scooped up the mermaid. And so then the rest of it is, or or the a good third of it is um, him uh, trying to communicate with this mermaid in a tank on their boat. <laughs> <laughs> this is not this is not what I expected. No, I I expected him to go looking for a mermaid and find a sea monster, right? But the exact opposite happened. It yeah. was like splash. It was weird. <laughs> <Splash>. <laughs> <clears throat> So, I mean, like, that's it. Like, that's pretty much it. There's more to it. But, like, a good majority of this story is not horror at all. It's more like undersea adventure uh-huh. um, and hanging out with mermaids. Huh. That's it. And so there's these uh, bad guys that come. And he makes a mention or he makes it a point to mention that they're wearing black masks several times. I don't know why he needed to say it over and over again, but um, that come and they're they're like demanding the mermaid. Right. And it turns out that the one of the crew members um, in Dr. D's ship uh, had taken an offer from bad guys to get 20 million dollars for a mermaid. Right. And so then they proceeded to lock Billy and Dr. D and his little sister in the mermaid cage, right, that they had. 
and dump it into the ocean hoping to kill them. <laughs> Do they succeed? Nah, not really. Um, but you can't. But here's yeah. the, a death. <laughs> here's the thing. All right, I didn't do the math because I didn't really care. But they mention it's a tank, right? That can fit three people. They didn't say not. You know, they said they don't have very much room. But he was talking about treading water because he said that it was six feet deep. Okay, how much does a tank that can hold three people treading water six feet deep weigh? Do you think? Probably a lot, right? Yeah, I would say. Uh, I would think so. Two dudes pushed it off a boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is just the, the logistical problem you have. With yeah, this this was the this was the thing that didn't make any sense in the book. Okay, this whole sequence. No, I'm not even joking because there's more. Because Dude, like it's, I, I can one up you on that in my story. Well, okay, we'll, we'll get there. Wait, but. wait your turn. Okay. <laughs> So, so it's a big tank. So it's a, it's basically a fish tank, right? Yeah. And it's, they said it's got a metal mesh top that locks, uh-huh. right? And then he said he pushes him overboard, which I'm not even going to talk about how implausible it is for the tank to land like bottom down where it would float in water. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to talk about that because that's just wrong. But it, he mentions it starting to overflow and fill up the 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 water tank right and then it, it goes on for like a long time them trying to get out while it's still filling up with water you know it's like you would think it would fill up pretty quick because it's in the freaking ocean right but i don't know it's just weird and then the mermaids save them and like because there's more mermaids and then they go burn down the bad guy's boat and live happily ever after pretty much that's the that's the story. I'm really <laughs> happy I didn't read that book. Oh, oh, oh hold yeah, on. that's one one last thing. Um, so he goes back out to say goodbye to the mermaid, uh-huh. right? Um, like at the end because her mermaid friends had freed her, and then they all you know swam off into the sunset, sort of thing. And he goes off to go say goodbye to the mermaid, and a freaking monster eats him. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's so good. So, so um, this whole time, <laughs> this whole time, like he had actually maybe met this monster because he kept mentioning how the thing that grabbed him felt like seaweed. Right. And so the monster at the end has big like seaweed style tentacles and like a big like one single eye and lots of teeth. Um, and so the monster just straight up gets him. But what's weird, though, wait, wait. is there's this. <laughs> OK, so the monster eats the dude that pretended to tell his life story when he was older so he never really no he no he wasn't pretending to tell a life story he was like a little kid playing in the water pretending to be uh, a famous diver huh. it wasn't it's just like the way it was written i thought it was from an adult's perspective okay so um yeah the monster either, eats him at either the end. way the monster gets him at the end yeah pretty much um i mean it, it's it's okay so uh, it's a gigantic, slimy, dark green head with one enormous eye and a mouthful of jagged teeth. The sea monster, I shrieked. The sea monster. And it's like, would they believe me this time? And that's how it ends. So assuming he dies because he ain't getting out of that, right? <laughs> but the, the weird thing is, is there's this subplot, uh, another subplot. This one was deep with subtext here, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, 
that they did not explore, but I thought it's where they were going because there was this allusion to Dr. D being the sea monster. I mean, right. I, I thought he was going to go looking for a mer- I want like some sort of were creature. <laughs> I, I want to be interested in the story, but I'm just not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It, it, it wasn't that good. Um, so, but the thing is though, like he mentions that, um, the only time he's ever seen his uncle off the boat, right. Was whenever he came to visit them on Christmas and and (laughs) he was very angry and very like irritated and would like, uh, like very, like almost violent with everyone. Uh-huh. And he didn't and he didn't calm down until he let him sit in the bathtub and play with his toy boats that he uses to, you know, for bath fun time or whatever. Wait, wait, and so I was who? like, the kid, Dr. The uncle or oh my God, Doc, they they put Dr. D in the in the um, the in bathtub the and that was the only way. Yeah. And let him like play in the water. And that was the only way he calmed down. And so I thought, you know, this monster that he kept thinking he encountered was going to be his uncle, you know, and there was no mermaid or anything. And that's not what happened at all. But that's what it seemed like was going to happen. It was very confusing. (laughs) He's just, are we sure? Are we sure that the water wasn't, you know, like, like liquor? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Let him play with his favorite. They they had to hydrate him. Yeah, yeah. To get, he just had yeah, DTs. So, so that was deep trouble. Any questions? That's the <laughs> no. best Harlequin romance I've ever heard of. <laughs> there, there really was like some weird romance subtext with him and the mermaid. Like he tried to feed him cookies. Or, I thought or you were going to say with him and his uncle. <laughs> 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 that would have gone a completely different way. <laughs> Um, so it, actually, I will s- it reminds me of how I met my wife, actually. <laughs> you you uh, caught her in a lagoon? Well, there was a hammerhead and a bathtub full of alcohol. And, <laughs> wow. so, we don't have time for this story today. <laughs> no, today's only goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, not not interesting things. <laughs> but, but I will say, um, for the next episode of uh, Spooky Month, uh, I will be reading... Uh, Deep Trouble 2. <laughs> There's a sequel? There's three of them. It's so a trilogy. Were they yeah. successful? Like, I don't remember these at all. This one did get a reprint. Huh. Um, and let me see. In Classic Goosebumps number two, Terror Trips. Yeah, huh. I don't know. Okay. Well, all but, in all, <laughs> one to five, what do you give it? <laughs> I don't know, like a two, maybe. Okay. So why read part two? I want to see where it goes. <laughs> Did the monster get him or not? Exactly. We never know. And knowing my luck, though, it's probably going to be a completely different kid. It probably but, will. <laughs> but, knowing your luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But number three isn't called Deep Trouble 3. It's called The Creep from the Deep. Yeah. Are we sure that that's Deep Trouble 3? Yeah. Or? yeah, I looked it up. I did my research, Craig. <laughs> three Deep, Three Trouble. I take Spooky <laughs> Month seriously. <laughs> I do not. Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, Ryan, you want to tell us about the one you read? <laughs> so, yeah, my book was Egg Monsters from Mars, Goosebumps number 42. 
Um, let's see. It starts out with a young kid named Dana, and he has a a younger sibling, a younger sister, as they all do in these books. And the one thing that this little girl wants for her birthday is an egg hunt. She wants to hunt eggs with her friends. And it's weird because R.L. Stein makes this, I think he makes a point to say it's not Easter, but she wants an egg. <laughs> so she invites, she invites all of her friends. And then he makes a point to say that the boys are not interested in this egg hunt at all. And the girls are, which I just thought was odd. Like, why are we got to get into like, uh, you know, gender what, issues here? Yeah. <laughs> like the, 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 the boys don't want to hunt the eggs and the girls do. And so this older brother, Dana, who is really into science, because I guess all the kids in the Goosebumps books, you know, they have to have a thing that they're into, whether it's cars or the ocean or science. He's into science, which is pretty broad. I think that covers a lot. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, they have this egg hunt and the kids all scramble around the, the yard at the house. I was just laughing at scramble. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh, egg they get, puns. They, they come fried. out of their shell. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they, okay. So yeah, they find, uh, they go around and they find these eggs and, um, oh, Dana's neighbor. He's got like a, a girl neighbor who he's friends with. She comes over for the egg hunt because for some reason, they decided that the parents decided that they have to use the neighbor's yard as well. I guess it's such a big egg hunt. They couldn't just do it in one house. So she comes over and Dana finds this creepy looking egg behind one of the rocks. And he's like, this is a bigger egg than normal. And so he grabs that. Then uh, an egg fight breaks out. And here's the greatest part about this is the parents decided we're going to have this egg hunt for our daughter's birthday, but we're not going to hard boil the eggs. So they're just raw eggs. The kids discover this, which begs the question when they took the eggs home. Oh, and they weren't, I don't think they were painted either. I can't remember. They were just eggs. So basically they went to the store, bought, bought a carton of eggs and just put eggs around the lawn and was like, here kids, salmonella. So anyway, these, they couldn't even write happy birthday on them or anything. Yeah. So the kids start throwing the eggs and they have a big egg hunt. So the parents are like, that's it. Party's over. Everybody go home. So that was the big. <laughs> Every year this happens. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody goes home and Dana has his uh, special egg and he takes it inside his house and it's got veins and it's throbbing. So he decides. <laughs> he's gonna... <laughs> it's fine. We, we didn't know, right? So uh, he decides he's going to put it in his dresser drawer and incubate it. Um, and long story short, overnight it hatches and an egg monster comes out. Wait, wait, so, wait. It hatches and it's still an egg? Yes. So it's, descri <laughs> it's described as a runny, gooey, yellow, scrambled egg looking type uh, entity, I guess. An alien, okay. whatever you want. Almost like so a sponge. Like, Whoa. Exactly. In fact, when, so there's a lot of similarities between this book and it came from underneath the sink, believe it or not. So he's got this basically scrambled egg monster in his hand and he doesn't know what to do with it. So he goes to his parents. They're in their bedroom doing God knows what. But he knocks on the door and he's like, Mom, Dad, come look at this. And they're like, no, 
we refuse to open the door and look at this thing you claim to have in your hands, parents of the year. So he goes <laughs> to his sister's room and he's like, hey, look at my egg preacher. And she's like, I don't, you ruined, eggs ruined my life. She's all upset because the eggs ruined her birthday party. So she won't come out of her room either. So he's like, well, I guess my neighbor might be interested. So he goes to the neighbor's house and she's eating scrambled eggs. So he, uh, he goes in and he's like, look at my egg monster. And it like falls on her plate or something. And it's moving around and making noises. And she freaks out because she thinks he ruined her scrambled eggs. So, so he's so. carrying this monster around with him. Yes. Yep. Okay. He's totally, <laughs> totally carrying this alien around, and he makes mention several times of, "I wonder what this thing is doing to me for I'm touching it." And I think at one point <laughs> he tries to, he tries to scoop it up in a catcher's mitt or something because he's afraid <laughs> to carry it, like afraid to touch it. But he's dropped it on to his neighbor's uh, breakfast plate, so she's going to eat whatever. Poop at least, and he makes mention to say it leaves slime like everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, typical. So, this is the part where it gets a little bit like it came from underneath the sink, where uh, Dana and his friend are like, Well, what are we gonna do? Well, first, the mom tries to kill it in the uh, garbage disposal. It was one of those great cliffhanger endings to a chapter yeah. where. I'm like, he's going to reach down the garbage disposal and lose a hand. But no, it just falls in the sink next to the garbage disposal and he scoops it up and everything. Cool. <laughs> so, Classic decides, R.L. Stein. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> you the got Stein. <laughs> this, this, this novel is full of getting Stein. Everyone's getting <laughs> Stein so much. So he decides, well, who, who, who in the world could possibly tell us what this thing is? Science Where do you teacher? think they go? <laughs> the science. Oh, they go to the high school science teacher. Oh no, sorry, I'm I'm messing it up. They go to the town lab. That's what it is. <laughs> they 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 have a lab in their town, and this kid knows the science uh, people in this lab. So he's like, let's take it to the lab and talk to Doctor So and So. That's what it was. So uh, he goes alone because the neighbors like. Screw this! I'm gonna stay home and eat my eggs. And she gets there alone, She's still and it's <laughs> just all she ever does. Yeah, she stays home and eats. she stays home and eats the eggs. Gets to the lab, the town lab. He rides his bike there, and he opens the door, and there's this Doctor Gray, who's clearly modeled after um, Doc Brown from like uh, <laughs> just frazzled white hair, white lab coat all jittery building a time and machine. he's like yeah he's like oh what have you got there come inside little boy into our dark lab <laughs> so of course dana's like yeah cool i'll follow you in oh the lab is closed by the way it's not open it's like after hours <laughs> i don't remember it's like sunday or something and, but you know the, the guy's like yeah you can come in you're fine and so they go in, and immediately the scientist decides to lock Dana in the freezer. <laughs> uh, so now he's locked in the freezer, and he's like, why? Why am I in the freezer? And then he notices a whole bunch of other eggs and egg monsters. And this was the best part of the whole book, where the uh, 
scientist is like, oh, yeah, we noticed a meteor storm two years ago leaving <laughs> Mars. And we've been tracking it this whole time. And we knew that those meteors were going to land in our town in and around your house. And <laughs> we went we went and collected all of the egg monsters, but apparently we missed one. Uh, and you found it. And now we've got to keep you here forever. <laughs> so, they, he basically kidnaps this kid. And this is where this is where it gets really weird and dark. I thought this is where it got dark for me. I was he so Dana's like, uh, well, well, you can just have the egg. I gotta go home. <laughs> and the guy's like, Nope. You live here now in the freezer. <laughs> and his whole his whole argument is that, well, this thing touched you, so we need to now keep you as a specimen. He calls him a specimen. You're now a specimen. And we're just gonna keep you in this freezer. And so he does for several days. He just keeps this little child in a freezer. And there's a lot of chapters where he talks about how cold he is and how miserable he is and how he's alone and he misses his family. I mean, it got dark fast. This was like this was like a, an after school kidnapping special from the 80s. I was just like it, it got weird. And then it got it got even like more dark and depressing because the kid's dad finally shows up. And he's like, hey, uh, my neighbor told me that my son mentioned he, he might be coming to this lab. And so the, the doctor, Dr. Gray, says, yeah, sure, come on in and walks him around the whole lab. And there's a window in the freezer so the kid can see out and see his dad. But the dad can't see him. <laughs> so he's pounding on the glass and he screams, dad, I'm in here, dad, I'm in here. And uh, the whole time, you know, the dad's just like, you're sure he didn't show up? And the scientist <laughs> is like, haven't seen him, dude. Um, and then the dad leaves. And then there's more <laughs> story of this kid just freezing in a freezer for time. And then the so, doctor will like, what was that? I was going to ask, so how much, to, like, do you think of the story, like lengthwise, is him in the freezer? Oh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's like the whole it's divided into like two sections you know the first half of the book is like him finding the egg trying to figure out what the egg is trying to get people to believe him and then this whole second half is him just trapped in a free freezer <laughs> yeah how, I, how cold he is for a book named egg monsters from mars i'm not hearing much monster action it's mostly just mean doctor is yeah exactly is, is the egg monster in the freezer with him Yes, the egg monsters in the freezer with him, <laughs> along with the other egg monsters that fell to Earth. But they don't—they're not doing anything. They're just kind of like there's a couple. There's a couple scenes where they like all move towards him, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die!" And then the next chapter is like, "But they just decided to go back into the corner again," you know. <laughs> yeah. And so they're not really doing anything, and the egg monster thus far in the story hasn't done anything except like secrete this gelatinous ooze wherever it goes and that's sort of the big thing he talks about is every you know i held it in my hands and it was goopy and gross and slick and nasty and full of snot and and that's it really and uh <laughs> that's kind of the whole story until the, <laughs> until the end when this, the uh, and so i'm thinking this kid's going to escape because he's looking around he's trying to formulate plans and i'm like i'm kind of rooting for him at this point i'm like yeah i want this kid I want this kid to get free. And and then, of course, I'm going, what is is this monster even going to do anything? So uh, at one point, finally, 
the scientist comes in and he's mad because the kid tried to like notify his father and he goes because you tried to notify your father now i'm going to kill you just flat out says you're gonna die uh locks the freezer door again i don't know what he's going to get his death implements his his saws and his knives or whatever and uh long story short he comes back and then finally the egg monster's like maybe we should do something it's only been like a week and this kid is like near death so <laughs> they um they decide that they're gonna suffocate the mad scientists and then the kid just runs away wait what <laughs> so the, the egg yeah, monsters they, yeah, the egg monsters apparently oh he says some this is what it was. He said something to the eggs as the scientist is coming back to kill him. He said to his egg monster, "Remember when I saved you from the garbage disposal which he really didn't do?" <laughs> but that was enough for the egg monster to be like, "Oh yeah, okay, we'll help you." <laughs> and so all the little egg monsters slither together and form like a blanket. <laughs> and uh, they slide up over the scientist's head and suffocate him, and the kid runs away. But awesome. In true uh, Goosebumps fashion, there is that little twist at the end, which was uh -huh. probably the, the greatest thing I'd ever read in my life, which was as he's running home, or maybe it was the next day, he's running to his neighbor's house to tell him what happened, tell the girl what happened. Well, first he... First, he tells his dad what happened, and his dad's like, huh, that sucks. I wish I'd known you were in that freezer for days because I was at that lab. <laughs> Sorry about that, son. No big deal. We'll, we'll get on with it. But anyway, so he's running to the neighbor's house to tell her what happened, and he stops and lays an egg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Now, yeah. does, does that make the rest of the book worth reading? It totally did. That last line where he stops and it just says, and I laid an egg and that's it. And I was like, yes, 10 out of 10, just for that last line there. So basically the scientist was right. He should have killed this little kid. Cause now we've got a little kid laying eggs all over town. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I, I love the last page, like the last paragraph twist of goosebumps. They're usually fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, like like that brilliant. other one I read where the kid got mauled by a werewolf. Like at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All the ones I read tend to end with the child dying. Yeah, which is odd for a series known for not killing the main characters. Not just at the end. No, I mean like usually like the protagonists never die. And and everyone that you seem to pick is just like and then they die. Yeah. Um <laughs> So what, in mine, he was just tortured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what like, would you give this scale of one to five? I would give it a, mm, I want to say it probably a two, but because of that last line, <laughs> I really kind of want to bump it up to three. I mean, it was thoroughly enjoyable and really dark and really dumb. So <laughs> it, I, I might go three on it. Nice. Awesome. Um, okay, so I read Welcome to Dead House, which was uh, Goosebumps number one. And it sounds like a kid version of Saw. 
or something. Uh, dude, dude. Okay. Yeah. So, just by the title. So I remember House reading this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. <laughs> well, it was better than House of the Dead. I'll give you that. But um, but yeah. So this is like a. Uh, it's really really hard to even like put into words how much the tone was different. I think this was watching R.L. Stein figure out this Goosebumps formula, you know, mm-hmm. because it read much closer to like Stephen King <laughs> than anything else. Um, and this was one of the, like the, it's like Goosebumps classic number 23 or something, even though it was the first one. Um, mm-hmm. And so this was kind of an update because they like changed the time frame to the mid 2000s. And weird. Yeah, well, only because later uh, I'll get into it. Uh, but anyway, so th- <laughs> so th- this family moves into a town. <laughs> uh, he he, <laughs> he uh, they're brand new. Uh, they inherited this house from an uncle they did not know that they had. Right, and so the dad's like, "Sweet, free house." But um, <laughs> and so they go there. And they meet this realtor, Mr. Dawes, I think, which is odd that I remember the realtor's name, but not the main characters, but it doesn't really matter. Um, and so the, I think the girl's name is Amanda and her brother is annoying, just like everything else, you know? And so mm-hmm. Mr. Dawes is like, yeah, this house is great, blah, blah, blah. You're going to love it. And then like leaves, but he's kind of clingy. Like he's like, I'm gonna go hang out with your parents now, and like I I wasn't sure whether or not they were you know prepping for a key party or anything like that because (laughs) he was he happened to just pop up a lot Uh, like once they moved into the neighborhood like oh it's Mr. Dawes and he's like just checking on your parents and and so yeah yeah it's real weird all right so the girl and her brother her annoying little brother they. As soon as they get there, their dog runs to the cemetery. And the brother's like, uh, you know, they can't find the brother who was pissed off about having to move there in the first place. And they find him. He was at the cemetery trying to wrangle the dog. And so then they go back to their old house for a little bit and then come back and complete the move like and what felt like real time like it took forever for them to get back <laughs> into this house and so she's like saying goodbye to friends that you never see later in the book and stuff like that like it it was bizarre so they get back in the house and she sees this boy in the house maybe i got that out of order maybe that happened earlier but it really doesn't matter she sees a boy in the house and she's like um uh, you know what the what the hell there there's a kid in the house and her parents are like you're crazy and so they she keeps hearing whispers and shit in her room and so it turns out that uh you know like that never pays off there's there's whispers and all sorts of stuff she sees a girl in the house she sees a boy in the house and uh it it never quite get like quite gets to like scary or anything but much creepier in tone than most R.L. Stein things but then her and the brother meet the neighborhood kids and they're like oh we're gonna go play baseball at like nine in the morning and so they go play baseball with them and then this repeats for like two weeks 
Um, and thankfully, they they kind of expedited all that by just being like, and this repeated for two weeks. <laughs> like, you know. Um, and so all the kids are like, yeah, I used to live in your house. It's a really, really cool house. And they're like, what the, what the hell, you know? And the dog's freaking out around all these kids. All right. And so the kids start getting creepy and like circling them with baseball bats. And Mr. Dawes pops up. And he's like, hey, kids, what are y'all doing? I'm just going to go check on your parents. And they're like, oh, nothing. <laughs> and the whole time, the, the the narrator's real, like a very unreliable narrator. That's where he got the whole, uh, the whole like cliffhanger type stuff in this. Because she'd be like, and they were coming at me. And then like, oh, no, never mind. I, I'm paranoid. Like literally just like I, my mind was running crazy. And uh, now it turns out that I was wrong. And so they, uh, they, I don't know, they, they follow, the dog runs away and the boy is like, hey, or the girl's hearing whispers in the middle of the night and she's like, well, you know, this is just what happens in this house. But it turns out this time that her brother was like, hey, I'm going to go try to find the dog at like two in the morning. And she's like. Well, no, you really shouldn't because we haven't seen anyone in this spooky ass town and like don't go out looking for the dog. And so he's like, no, I know where he is now. The dog's in the graveyard. That's where he went the first day we were here. And so they go and they find the dog in the graveyard, but he's not acting right. He's acting real weird. And, uh, this kid actually prior to that he tries to stop them and he's like just one of the neighborhood kids that are part of that gang and he's like you know y'all shouldn't go to the graveyard and they're like no we're going to the graveyard so they see the dog he's acting weird and then they notice that the headstones are names of people like from that gang of kids and mm-hmm. um so that's where i noticed that they actually updated it because the kids died in the mid 2000s in this one versus you know or 80s and 90s and so anyway they're like wait 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 what and they're like yeah blah 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 we're, we're gonna murder you <laughs> and so anyway <laughs> that's why we all lived in your house your house is the death uh, the dead house and so they shine this flashlight on the kid's face and for some reason the flashlight like melts him it says, uh, I have it highlighted. It says, Ray's skin seemed to be sagging. His whole face sagged, then fell, dropping off his skull. Um, I stared in the circle of white light, <laughs> unable to look away. As Ray's skin folded and drooped and melted away, and the bone underneath was revealed. His eyeballs rolled out of their sockets and fell silently on the ground. Like, so this is kind of a darker R.L. Stein than we're used to, right? Or maybe not. I, I don't know. But it just seems a little darker in tone. But uh, yeah, long story short, they've kidnapped the parents and 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 uh, they're doing this weird sacrifice thing in this uh, <laughs> coliseum, basically in the middle of a graveyard. And so the kids go to stop it, or actually, the kids run home before they notice the parents out there. And Mister Dawes is in their house, and and so are all the other kids. <clears throat> and Mister Dawes is like. Hey, I got your parents, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the townsfolk uh, started circling me. 
and your parents they're trying to kill us uh they're fine right now but we got to save them and so they get in the car with him and then they realize that he's dead too and so <laughs> long story short uh they they know you know the sunlight's about to come up and they're going to murder the family the ghosts are going to murder this family so that they can live with them and they know that light kills them and so the kids get this idea to push over a tree that's that's providing shade onto the the ghosts and they push over a tree like they're, <laughs> they're like there's no setup to it or anything no 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 they're like you know this tree's blocking the light maybe if we try we can push and fall over so they push like twice and it doesn't work and then the girl just leans against it and then all of a sudden it uproots and falls over and and you know, all the ghosts are are exploding into bits and stuff, and and they're like, one of them looks at her and she's like, "Thank you," but there's n- no other part. Like none of the other ones <laughs> seem to be happy to be exploding, and um, yeah, it it ends with them they're packing their shit and leaving, and uh, right as another car's pulling into the driveway and they're moving into the house and they're like uh as as they're speeding away the girl is like you know i used to live in your house and that's the end <laughs> like it was like i don't really know oh also she wasn't sure when she left whether or not the t- the kids that they just like the ghosts of the kids were back and whether or not that was Mr. Dawes leading them, the new family, into the house. So, eh. I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. Uh, it just was so much darker than, than used to, like I'm used to reading on, on all these Goosebumps. And I remember yeah. reading this as a kid and liking it. But I don't remember it being that dark. I remember it being kind of campy in tone. And it, it really wasn't. Like, the ghost eyes were, like, glowing like glowing embers i think it said and like mm-hmm. all sorts of just crazy shit so i don't know i'm gonna go ahead and say three out of five it was it was better than it was bad it it didn't have as many of the false cliffhangers and all that stuff <laughs> and there was a few of them where it's stri- like the cliffhangers really actually paid off which i was surprised that was the big twist that some of them was like <laughs> <laughs> You know, like <laughs> one of them ended like where it was like we murdered your dog, and then you know you change the next page, and they're like, yeah, the dog's fucking, the dog's fucking dead. You know, like, like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. and so, so I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh no, uh, but yeah, I, I liked it basically. And that's it. Cool. So I always feel like he's writing for some sort of like little kid horror, like periodical that doesn't exist you know like he's like he's writing them very serialized where the, you need to end on that big cliffhanger to get somebody to read your yeah. book or to read your story next week but like it doesn't exist though and he's just doing it in that style yeah uh actually one of these chapters recapped <clears throat> what happened well, as if it really was a serial yeah yeah so you go to the next chapter and it's literally like recaps of the last few paragraphs and and i found that bizarre but i figured hey it may, it, it's the first one he wrote or, or i don't know if it's the first one he wrote but it was the first one published 
Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's odd. Maybe. Oh, go ahead. Maybe there was, like, some sort of, like, maybe there was some sort of serial that was supposed to get off but never happened. You know, he wrote one for it, and that's what started it. I don't know. I don't know Goosebumps' uh, backstory. Yeah. I guess I should. Yeah, <laughs> by now. <laughs> three years and is Wait. Is this three? This is the... This is third. Yeah. This is the third uh, spooky month. Mm. God, we've wasted our lives. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean that. Unless you guys have a lot more to say, I think that we're done with part one of spooky month. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. so. I mean, it's. I mean, I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it's off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> we got mermaids, egg monsters, and dead kids. Uh, yeah. No, I was going to say that I actually really enjoyed it. I think you've op- opened me up because, uh, like we were talking before the show, uh, Goosebumps was a little after my time where when R.L. Stein was doing the twist of plots before that. That that was when I first was introduced to him. So, I, I you know... I found this really fun, and uh, I was kind of into it. <laughs> I know you guys feel like you're wasting your you feel like you're wasting your lives, but I might go back and watch more episodes. No, no, I I, I love Spooky Month. Yeah. This is my favorite thing we do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, maybe I I'm I might be just critical on it. I don't know why. I mean, I just feel <laughs> like you know. It, there's only so many times that, you know, people can pick up knives, the chapter end, and then slice cake on the yeah. new chapter. Like, it, yeah. so. I can see that getting old over 10 to 15 books every chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how many cakes are in this house? Um, <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I enjoy Spooky Month, but it's. Uh, it, it definitely, as someone that was a huge fan of R.L. Stein when I was in fourth, fifth grade, somewhere in there, um, I'm not as, you know, super into him as a 33-year-old man. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. but um, You've been steined enough times you feel like you need to take a shower, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, well, Ryan, thanks for coming out and joining us on this spooky month uh, uh you Thanks know for we, having me and uh you know we we didn't actually gloss over or we glossed over it at the beginning uh what uh what new do you have out um <laughs> yeah like you mentioned before i've got the scent of hope which is a little novella told from the point of view of a dog and recently, just this month, um, a bunch of friends of mine and I did a little anthology called the San Diego Horror Professionals Volume 1. And it's just six stories, and it's just 99 cents on Kindle. But great authors, and you know, if you're into what's going on in the horror community, all the authors are working with sort of notable publishers. And so you've got uh, Brian Killian, he's on Deadite press he did welcome to necropolis and david agronoff his new book just came out punk rock ghost stories he's with Eraserhead. um anthony trevino's doing comic books and books with Eraserhead. we've got chad straup we've got robert essig 
myself. Is that six people? <laughs> so it's um, it's just a really short, quick anthology for Halloween. And, you know, check that out. It's only 99 cents on Kindle. And other than that, trying to finish Histers 3. You know, still trying, still trying years later. <laughs> well, awesome. 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 Uh, so uh, where can people go to, you know, stay up to date on Ryan C. Thomas news and Ryan's, things? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can come to my house and ask me or. Uh, <laughs> I've, uh, no. So Ryan C. Thomas dot com. I'm on Twitter as Ryan C. Thomas. Um, I do have a Facebook author page now, so it's a little easier to find me, but actually I think all of my social media links are on my website. So you can just go to ryancthomas.com. Awesome. Well, thanks once again, and we will see you guys in two weeks with a shitload more goosebumps. (laughs) Awesome.